Hold on. Did that motherfucker just call me a twat? Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Good drink. I did too. This shit is delicious. So we did our normal vodka and coconut LaCroix with a little splash of lime. But then when it was like halfway gone, when we refreshed it, we added banana rum. And that and shit is so good. <laughs> it's like really good. <laughs> We're feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> it does, It is a little thicker though. Like I can feel it in the back of my throat. Like it's giving you a nice throat coating. I mean, I wouldn't say a nice throat coating. <laughs> But it's giving me something. Because when you just have the vodka and the LaCroix, there's no coating. Then you add the banana rum coating. That's my only... (laughs) It tastes better, but I feel it after I'm done drinking it, if that makes sense. I'm going to hock a big loogie on you. I'm going to hock a banana loogie. Ew. I know. So gross. Bananas are thick. (laughs) All right. Do you want to hear about... The most painful torture devices of the Middle Ages. Do I ever? <laughs> oh my God. And this is only some. Some? This is only some. Sometimes I feel like in a past life, like that was my job. Like, like you were the one that inflicted the Put torture. that bitch on the rack. Either that or like I came up with them. Oh my God. Because I don't think, so like here, look. Once you hear these, I'm going to be like, if you came up with this, you are a sick freak. So I don't think... Like, the thought of killing somebody literally guts me. So I don't think I would have been the person to physically do it. But learning, <laughs> like, reading about these Thank things, God. I'm like, that's so fucking cool. Who thought of that? Ew, these are not cool, though. These are like, oh my God. <laughs> Let me hear like, This shit is no joke. Like, I am so glad I didn't live back then. Because you picture these devices on men in the Middle Ages, right? O- only men? Like you, because some women get like got the rack and right. But when you picture drawn and most quartered of these and things, it was more in the days where it's like save the women and children, kill the men, kind of thing. Right. That's how I picture. Unless it. it's like she's a witch. But there were ones specifically designed for women. True that. So that's like that's true. Disgusting. So the first one is the saw. Ooh. Before the saw was given its perfunctory role to slice through wood and thick metal or material, <laughs> it sliced the ding dong in half. No, it was used <laughs> to slice through humans for torture or execution. The victim would be held upside down, allowing the blood to rush to their head, and then the torture would slowly start slicing them between their legs. Yeah. With the blood contained in the head, the victim would remain conscious. Throughout the entire performance, (laughs) often only passing out or dying after the saw went through their midsection. Yikes! Yikes. And the picture is yep, fucking terrible. Yep, that's exactly what I thought. (sighs) Imagine like a circular saw, just be like, no, that would be faster (laughs) through the butt. This one, they straight up just yeah, like hacked. Yeah, damn, the breast ripper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those women who are accused of adultery, abortion, or any other crime, they are subjected to the painful torture of the breast ripper, sometimes called the spider. Yikes. As the name suggests, the claw-like device which ended in spikes was heated, then used to rip off or shred a woman's breast. Yikes. And the spider is a variation of it, but it was attached to the wall, and I guess a woman would hang from it until oh. her boobs came off. Oh, my God. Ugh. What a fucking nightmare. As oh two God. women that have large tits. Knockers. It sounds painful. I feel like the pain would make me pass out much sooner than other people would. I feel I have like no I would just be falling, like free falling, sans boobs, because I have a, 
unusually high tolerance for pain, and I would just be screaming and falling. From I don't have a high tolerance without for pain. boobs. No, I do not. I feel like I would pass out. And you know, your body goes in a shock, which would I would want to save you out. from the pain, right? Uh, probably the most commonly known torture device from the Middle Ages was the rack. It was a wooden platform mm-hmm. with rollers at both ends. The victim's hands and feet were tied to each end, and the rollers would be turned, stretching the victim's body to uncomfortable lengths. I mean, that one sounds bad, but the fucking breast ripper sounds worse. Have you seen <laughs> any sort of, like, have you ever seen pictures of a real rack that still survives? There's one here. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, well, the person on it, but I've seen it, like, in movies reenacted and shit. Yeah. Um, it was used frequently during, oh, this is something else. So this is the knee splitter. Oh, uh, yes. I've heard of this one. You've heard of all of these already. I know. It's so interesting. Used frequently during the Spanish Inquisition, the knee splitter naturally was used to split a victim's knee. The device was built from two spiked wooden blocks with a screw at the back. It was clamped on the front and back of the knee and they would turn one screw and hey, presto. A knee was easily and painfully crippled. It was also used on other parts of the body. So, you know what I think we should do with all of these medieval, like, torture devices? What? Use them on, like, sex offenders, rapists, murderers. Well, I'd be be okay with that. Like. Like the worst of the worst? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, like, lethal injection and, like, that kind of shit. We need to do this shit to them. Yeah, for real. I agree with you there. This next one is called... The Head Crusher. Oh. Extremely inventive with names. <laughs> the Head Crusher, much like the Breast Ripper and Knee Splitter, did exactly what it was called. The chin sat on the bottom rung and the head under a cap. And then turning of the screws would result in a very disgusting death, brain seeping out Ooh. of the popped eye sockets, oh. crushed teeth and bones, and mutilated remains. Yikes. That is so fucked up that is so graphic and you know back in the day like they were just if the king was like i don't like that guy fucking do it yeah mm-hmm. oh fuck no man all right so this one is the wheel yes most commonly used in germany during the middle ages the wheel was a favorite form of execution the victim was tied to the wheel on the ground and wooden cross cross be- pieces were placed under each major joint, wrist, ankles, hips, shoulders, and knees. After the pleasantries were observed, the torture torture would start hammering the cross pieces with a heavy iron enhanced wheel. Following the severe bashing, the victim's limbs were braided into the spokes of the wheels and displayed to the general public until the victim died. Yikes. I mean, these people are sick. Who wants to look at that shit? The wooden horse. This is one of the worst. Yeah. The wooden horse, um, or the wooden pony, or the Spanish donkey. (laughs) Take your pick, whatever you want to call it. The Peruvian jackass. (laughs) Is the name given to an extremely painful torture device used throughout history, particularly during the American colonial period and medieval times. There are three variations of the, the device. However, the principle and design are the same. The wooden device is triangular in shape and angled, often sharpened at the top. The victim is forced to straddle the triangular horse, placing their full body weight on the vulva. Oh. Then additional weights are added to their ankles to keep them from falling off. Needless to say, the additional weight would pull the victim's entire body down, severely injuring their crotch, and sometimes even slicing them in half. Yikes. Making it one of the most brutal torture devices ever. Well, my vulva hurts right now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know. This one looks very similar. It's called the Judas Cradle. Interesting. Similar to the wooden horse, the Judas Cradle was a pyramid-shaped and sharpened device on which a victim was lowered via ropes. As the victim was lowered, the device would slowly tear open the anus or scrotum. Though the device is often attributed to the Spanish Inquisition... There is evidence that it existed um, before this time as part of carnival sideshows. What? Oh. In a carnival? That's yeah. just not Thank God we were any not born on better, but 
Jesus. I mean, unless we're reincarnated, but I can't imagine being born in that time. Even as a woman. I mean, you had a better shot, I think, as a woman. If mm-hmm. you, like, did what you were told. As long as you were, <laughs> you know, prude and fertile. But... Right. <laughs> <laughs> And gave, you know, birth many sons and right. didn't have a brain. But... As long as you were able to have boys, you'd be okay. So anyway. Kept your legs open and your mouth shut, you were fine. Yeah, that's some of the uh, disgusting torture devices of the Middle Ages. I love how this episode is starting. <laughs> Katie's weirdo. I'm... I'm like, I can't even read this. You're like, ooh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Maybe I was a serial killer in my past life. And I was like, ooh, do I get to pick which one it was? <laughs> she even said that earlier. She's like, you know what? I think in my past life, maybe I created those devices. <laughs> She said, I can't kill people, so I didn't do it, but I might have created them or something like that. Yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. All right, well, we'll be right back. And Katie, as promised, is doing... Ritual pastas. Ritual pastas. Pastas. BRB. had something just awesome just seemingly fall into your lap for like, like no t- good totally reason totally random and like, you're like why me twice twice in at one the night. same time like i'm literally literally about to pass out <laughs> so you know what we did about it we took shots about it twat shots twat shots two and of them about i do it. feel better now i feel amazing and i feel better when we can talk about it with you guys too but we're just like if if we are out of breath it's because we've instance, been jumping up and down like apes. Right. It's We got some stuff coming up and we can't wait to share. Anyway, what I wanted to tell you real quick before you start your ritual pastas. Did you see the thing on um, the Tiger King? Where there's a dead body on his property? Yeah. So Zach Beggins was like, he had that spot for oh, a ghost investigation. Yeah. And so his thing got postponed because now it's an active crime scene. I did see something about it. I didn't read it. Did so you what read it, it? Yeah. So what it is is, um, for some reason, and I don't know why, they brought cadaver dogs onto the zoo, mm-hmm. and they hit in the alligator pit. Oh. So now they're not able to investigate it because they- It's an active crime scene. I guess scene. they're going to dig it up and see if they find something or not, but- Who do you think it is? <clears throat> I think- It's definitely Danny, not that bitch, Carol Me and Danny- no, for sure. Um, wouldn't it be crazy? This isn't what if I it was think. her husband. This isn't what I think, but this would be crazy if really her and Joe Exotic were like in love, and this was a whole farce, and like they had the alligators eat her husband. One hundred percent doable. I that would completely be think because he's that crazy. The to reason make her they hate each other is because they love each other. Is because Sexual they love each tension. other. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. But also, my. Original guest and my husband's too was that Jeff Lowe character killed someone and threw him in the alligator pit. Fuck yeah. Totally <laughs> doable. He seems like such a sleazeball. He's a oh my skis God. and a half. Mm-hmm. He's so gross. He is the reason Joe Exotic is in jail, I think. Oh, 100%. He's yeah. so he gross. He had that shit. And, and anyway. Yeah. That Anyways. is another story for another time. But I just saw it on my phone. And I was like, oh, I want to ask Katie if she knew about it. I did, yeah, I did see the article. I just didn't click on it. And I'm like, this is a rabbit hole that I can't afford to go down right now because I need to find ritual pastas. And right. if I just start <laughs> burrowing down in here, I'm never going to climb out of it. So. Well, now in the future, we can look forward to a Ghost Adventures episode at the zoo. Yeah. So that'll be cool. That would be really cool. So I found, um, you know, on my little mission to find ritual pastas, yes. I did learn that ritual pastas are actually just creepy pastas. Okay. Um, and some of them are just 
classified as rituals because, like, um, the Midnight Man. That's uh-huh. a ritual that is pasta. A ritual, yeah. That's a ritual pasta. Makes sense. So some of them are just labeled a little bit differently. Right. But really, it's not that different. Um, so I found a couple that were really cool. One of them is actually right up my alley. And if we could find a building, I would totally do it. Okay. So, and you know me, I'm like a fucking chicken shit. So, <laughs> but this one only because of what it is and my being a history nerd, I would totally do it. So I'm going to save that one for last because it's my favorite. Okay. So the first one I found um, is called the Dark Reflection Ritual. Um, so what you need to do for this ritual is you need to find a mirror of any type, a candle of any size or color, um, and friends are optional, but you should really do it with friends. <laughs> it's like Bloody Mary. Don't do it by yourself. Exactly. Um, and it's suggested that you do it with friends because... What happens, it's easier if it's spread out amongst people. Well, that sounds being, like you shouldn't do it at all. Right. <laughs> rather than it all being concentrated on you. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's creepy in itself. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Right. So this says, I should probably warn you, once you begin this ritual, okay. there's no way to stop it. What I'm saying is, don't start it unless you're planning to finish it. Have you ever broken a mirror by accident or on purpose? Mm, yeah. I have. I think so. I don't know. I'm pretty sure everyone's broken a mirror yeah. on accident or on purpose. Right. <laughs> um, have you ever looked into a mirror and felt like there was something watching you from the other side or seen something sinister lurking within the eyes of your own reflection? You've probably heard the legend that breaking a mirror is seven years of bad luck. Legends about mirrors have been around for hundreds of years. In particular, some ancient civilizations believe that there was some sort of some sort of purifying effects to mirrors. They believe that by looking one's reflection in the eye, it would transfer a person's negative energy into the reflection in the mirror. They believe that this had a cleansing effect, but also hidden dangers. That's why breaking a mirror has been known to cause bad luck. Think about it. If this is true, then every time you look into a mirror, you're transferring negative energy into it. Can you imagine just how much negative energy is just sitting there inside your bathroom mirror? When you break the mirror, that negative energy is released and causes bad luck for everyone around it. Oh, so that's the whole seven years bad luck thing. Exactly. Interesting. Now, I will say to your, one of the things you said is I have this giant mirror in my room. Mm-hmm. It probably, literally, it probably weighs 200 pounds. It's right. It's fucking huge. But not that I'm seeing anything in it, mm-hmm. but when I'm alone in my room, I'm like, there's someone staring at me from the other side of that mirror. That's fucking terrifying well you've seen that mirror i have it's gigantic and it's it's creepy. like got this looming presence it does and you're like it um, does i don't know why i bought you i mean it's a nice mirror i think the fact that it's not that your basement feels like a basement but it's the ceilings are low and it's such a big mirror i think that's part of it and i feel like because there's so many rooms in your basement yeah but they're all can Obviously, they're all connected, but it's kind yeah. of like they all just kind of flow into each other. Yeah. That it's like, it feels like a never-ending space. Yeah. And it's just and kind of like... And the mirror just makes it even more never-ending. Right. And it's in the middle. It's just kind of like, hmm. Right. And I never think of it unless I'm there down there alone, that I'm like, uh... Right. Stop looking at me even though I can't see you. <laughs> right. And it, the good thing is it's not facing... It's not like you're laying in the bed and you could like look at your oh, reflection. Oh, dude. Fuck no. Right. Mm-mm. Yeah, that would be terrifying. <laughs> so, for, apparently, for this ritual to work, you need a mirror that you don't mind breaking. So, all right. Well, that's bad luck right there. Right. According to the manifesto, I don't know what manifesto they're referring to, but according <laughs> to whatever this manifesto is, both the risk and the eventual reward for this r- ritual are strong. R- ritual. R- ritual. <laughs> we should make a song where it's like... Are stronger depending on how old the mirror is. It makes sense if you think about it. An older mirror has been looked into more and therefore has more negative energy inside of it. So, in order to begin the ritual, you must look your reflection in the eyes, transferring your negative energy into the mirror one last time. You only need to do this for a few seconds. Then you need to lean forward and breathe onto the mirror, making it fog up with your breath. Like the whole mirror? No, I guess just like just close like a... enough for your like for like your breath to fog it up. Okay. Sources refer to this as anointing the mirror with your breath. 
At first, you might find this strange, which I totally do. Yeah. But do a little digging, and I think you'll find that the word breath once meant something similar to spirit. I feel like the word anointing is weirder than breath. I feel like that's like, you know, putting the oil on your head in Catholic church or something. I agree. I agree. By breathing onto the mirror, you are symbolically linking yourself to the mirror and to the negative energy contained inside. No. Stop there. Like, not you. Like, don't play the game after that. I'm like, completely? Yeah, stop. (laughs) This episode's over. Game over. Done. (laughs) I'm okay. just warning people that don't go past this step. <laughs> right. Just don't even do it, guys. Just yeah. stop. Forget it. I won't be doing it. Katie, stop talking. Okay. <laughs> Katie, you're dead. Right. <laughs> this linking is critical to the success of the ritual. Everyone in the group needs to do this step as well before moving on to the next one. Oh, sorry. I thought that was a, I thought it was a period. Apparently it was a comma. <laughs> before moving on to the next one. Done. <laughs> now... I read the comma as a. I read the comma as a period. (laughs) I will say though, that sentence actually made me feel a little better about the game because yes, if there are people with me doing it, I wouldn't be as scared. Right. I I first was picturing just myself doing it, which is never going to happen. I wouldn't do any of this stupid shit. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It's intriguing. It's definitely intriguing, but I would never do any of it by myself. Oh no, no, no. Just, I mean, just for the fear that any of this shit ever worked yeah you have like no i'd be like oh my god i'm all alone (laughs) sorry for that it's cool we'll we'll minimize it right so everyone in the group needs to do this step as well before moving on to the next one after this is completed you can light the candle use the candle to burn the mirror this agitates the negative energy inside you only need to do this for a few seconds or until there is a noticeable black mark on the mirror Note, the longer that you do this, the more agitated the negative energy will become. Well, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to piss off the negative energy that's, that's about li- to come out at you. That's literally what you want to do. Why? Because these people are nuts. Gosh. After this, the final step is breaking the mirror. Once this step is done, I suggest you start running. You oh see- my gosh. Right. No. <laughs> you see, it's actually a common misconception that when a person breaks a mirror... They will be followed by bad luck. This is not true. When a mirror is broken, the bad energy stays in one spot near the broken mirror. Until it... it I can't speak. Too many <laughs> It stays in one spot near the broken mirror until it eventually dissipates. Or at oh. least, normally it does. Oh. If you completed the above steps, then you have tied yourself to the negative energies through the medium of your breath. That just sounds weird. But it stays in front of the mirror even if you run. Uh, yeah, according to this. Okay. This means that the negative energy will pursue you wherever you go. <gasps> oh, and there's mirrors fucking everywhere. This is why I said earlier that it would be best to complete this ritual with a group. If there's only one person doing this ritual, then all of the negative energy will pursue that one person. But if there's a group, then the negative energy will be spread more thinly. <clears throat> this increases your odds of survival. All right, so let's do it with like 100 people and see if it works. But here's my thought on this, though. If one person is breathing their energy into this mirror... But it said everyone in the group will do the same. That's right. But if they're all staring at the mirror and all of their energy is going into their mirror and they're all breathing on the mirror... Yeah. <gasps> oh... <laughs> He the mirror. You're like, they can see me through this microphone. <laughs> and I'm staring at the back of that bed, that, that bed blah, post. Blah, blah, blah. So it's like, wouldn't all of their own energy just chase them around? Like, isn't that, mm. that's, that's an image I get. It's probably not how it's meant. Well, I'm thinking like, so say, say this is their friend's mirror. Right. And then they're there. All the bad energy for the most part is from their friend. Right. Because she lives there. Right. But they're all doing so like, the same thing. So. so call me crazy, but if we went downstairs to your monster mirror in the basement, right? I don't want your monster energy chasing me. That's what I'm saying. Around but the house. If you have more people, yeah, it'll at least spread thin and not right. all come back at you. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But would you be able to convince like five of us to like come break your crazy oh, I'm mirror? I'm sure I could. No problem. I mean, you probably could, yeah. Yeah. But I'm no, just saying. That's not a problem. I'm one of them, honestly. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. Ugh, the bigger the so group, good. the easier. True. But yeah, no, that's true. scary. You it's, don't want my bad energy. 
<laughs> Especially in this house. Yeah. Oof. Okay. This increases your odds of survival. Bad luck will follow you throughout the night. At first, it will start out as small incidents, a chip nail or a flat tire. I'm sorry. I consider a chip nail a good day. Yeah, a flat tire is a different story. I get a chip nail just looking at it. Right. So, a flat tire, I consider killing somebody. So Right. <laughs> Those are two totally different extremes. I don't have tire money, y'all. So, <laughs> the incidents will begin to escalate, though as increasingly horrific things begin <gasps> to happen around you. I don't like that term. I don't either. Eventually, these incidents will become life-threatening, oh. no matter how many people you did the ritual with. Like I said, don't start this ritual unless you're planning to finish it. Don't start this ritual at all. Like, what is the fun of this? It's not like, oh, we're going to see Bloody Mary in the mirror. It's going to be crazy. Right. That's this not like, life-threatening. You're trying to, literally, you're trying to invoke bad luck on yourself. Literally. And if it works, then you're fucked. So why would you even do this? Right. But I can't imagine how many people have tried this. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do Bloody Mary. So... The only piece of advice I can give you for surviving this night is to remember that the negative energy is linked to you through your breath. Your breath is how you how the negative energy detects you, and so if you find yourself in a bad situation, try holding your breath. This should make you temporarily invisible to it. Of course, you can only hold your breath for so long. Right. Still, this technique might provide you with a few extra seconds to get out of a dangerous situation. I don't know about you, but I ain't running nowhere with holding my breath. <laughs> well, yeah, do not run and hold your breath for sure. That's a terrible idea. At this point, you're probably asking yourself, why on earth would anyone ever engage in this ritual? Yeah, I am. For sure. Why would anyone ever risk their life like this? I wouldn't. Me either. Not for this. <laughs> not for bad luck. Not for this shit. I would put out some risks to maybe get the chance to see Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Not... Like, oh, if this works, I'm going to have really bad luck. <laughs> no thanks. That's so dumb. <laughs> well, mo- most people who try this probably didn't think that it would actually work. But there's a reason beyond that. The bad luck will chase you throughout the night. But if you manage to survive until dawn, not only will you find that your run of foul luck has ended, but that a new streak of good luck is about to begin. The first lights of If you survive the night. If you survive the night. Because let's put your life in danger. That's what it said. To hopefully have a glimmer of good luck. Right. The first lights of dawn have a special purifying property. If you survive until the morning, then the negative energy inside the mirror will be purified and will re-enter your body, filling you to the brim with positive energy. After this, everything will seem to go your way. You'll find that people are generally nicer to you and that the opposite sex are extremely attracted to you or the same sex if that's your thing. That is why people do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You will succeed at everything you do, whether it be a job interview, an important exam, or a business venture. I would highly suggest buying a lottery ticket. It should be noted that the amount and duration of your good luck will be equivalent to the amount of negative energy that was in the mirror. If you just bought the mirror at the store, then good then good luck will only last a couple of days and will not be all that severe. If you use an old mirror, though, then your lucky streak will be far more powerful and it may last for a few months or even years if you had an old enough mirror. If you use a mirror that has a more personal connection to you, such as a bathroom mirror or a mirror from your... I can't even say mirror. <laughs> I feel like I've been saying it so many times. I'm like... like it doesn't even feel like a word anymore. Um, if you use a mirror that has a more personal connection to you, such as a bathroom mirror or a mirror from your bedroom, then the good fortune you experience will be more suited to your particular tastes and desires. One more thing I should probably warn you about. I knew it. I knew there was something. Yeah. It's like once you're going to be out or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I should probably warn you about is the timing of the ritual. Yeah. The ritual needs to be started after sunset with at least six hours until dawn. Two common tricks that people try to use in regards to this ritual are starting during the daytime and starting a few minutes before dawn. Starting near dawn is probably the least dangerous of these little cheats. If you start near the dawn, 
then the negative energy will not have enough time to fully manifest before being purified. Oh. The energy will then simply dissipate into the air rather than doing anything, and you will probably walk away thinking it was all a gigantic hoax. Until you get good luck? Nothing will happen. So you won't get the good luck either. So you've got to go through the bad to get the good. Exactly. Exactly. Not worth it. Right. No way. Starting during the day is more dangerous. Ooh. People start during the day thinking that the daylight will instantly nuke the bad energy and keep them safe. This is not true. Notice that I said it was the lights of the dawn that have the purifying power, not the light of day. So you're going to be chased for longer. Mm Mm-hmm. By starting during the day, you actually give the bad luck more time to pursue you and thus decrease your odds of survival significantly. Oof. No. You know, a lot of people might call you stupid or crazy for trying to attempt this ritual. I would. I, I totally would. would. I definitely would. I would be the first one, actually. Don't do it, stupidos. Right. Stupidos. I wouldn't, though. I can understand the thinking that goes into it. I can understand wanting to take control of your luck, both good and bad, Mm-mm. rather than accepted, accepting the seemingly random twisted turns that life seems to throw at us. Yeah. I think uh, you're fucking stupid if you do it. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. Like, if you survive it, you might have a couple days to a year to have good luck. But I think it's all you in your what? mind. And these are all, this is all dark work here. So once your good luck is over, who knows what's going to happen after that shit. I've right. seen scary movies. It doesn't turn out well, ever. Mm-hmm. And the stupid people die first. Right. Not that, again, like you always say, like, not that I totally buy into this game, mm-hmm. but I'm not willing to risk it just... Like, if I win this game, I get terrible luck for a whole night. That's, like, terrible. I don't want that shit. And if you survive? If I survive, I might have decent luck. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. After a night like that, anything normal is going to feel like good luck. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. I agree with that. Oh, my God. I don't have to worry about getting hit by a car. Oh, my God. This demon isn't trying to crawl down my nose. I'm having oh. the best day. <laughs> this day is amazing. Oh my god, the sun came out. Thank God. This yeah. Is my life is beautiful. The purifying dawn has cleansed me. <laughs> <laughs> the second one that I want to talk about is my favorite. Okay. I, being a history nerd, <laughs> this one gave me a nerdgasm. Ew. So, I didn't say orgasm. I, I know. said nerdgasm. The word gasm is... You have four children. I'm sure you've had a few gasms. Oh, I have four. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, you're not. Okay. I'm just saying, saying it out loud is like, (laughs) giddy up, you turn. (laughs) I'm looking the other way. (laughs) (laughs) So this is called the Yggdrasil ritual. As I said earlier, the Yggdrasil. (laughs) <laughs> not American over here <laughs> the Yggdrasil ritual is kind of like the elevator game so it's a ritual that supposedly originated in Korea the elevator game Okay. Um, if done properly it will take you to a new world an ethereal world where you will see a neon cross in the distance while finding yourself surrounded by the voices of the dead but fewer people are aware of a similar ritual known as the Yggdrasil ritual. Okay. The Norsemen of long ago believed that the world we live in was one of many worlds on a great ash tree. Ash tree. <laughs> ash. ash tree. <laughs> called ash Yggdrasil. Tree. There's a way to use an elevator to reach one of those worlds. This ritual is pulled off in a similar fashion to the elevator game, but it must be done in a building with an elevator and exactly nine floors. Oh, interesting. Not all the floors need to be above ground. If your building has two floors below ground and seven floors above, that will work just fine. You will also need to bring a nut or a berry with you. (laughs) This will be used later in the ritual. Interesting. You may perform the ritual with other people on board, but here's an important detail. Once you begin, everyone who started with you must remain on the elevator elevator until the end. If any passengers leave or if any new passengers get on board, the ritual will not work. You may want to perform the ritual in a building near the end of the day or when it is least busy to minimize the chance that someone else will get on the elevator. 
At the start of the ritual, enter the elevator and imagine yourself standing on the branches of a great tree. Visualize the texture of the bark, the leaves swaying in the breeze, and the sound of the birds in its branches. Spreak, spreak, speak the first incantation. O oh, great Yggdrasil, I stand on your mighty branches. Take me to Asgard, the shining city at your apex. Press the button to take you to the top floor. Once you re reach the top, recite the second incantation. O oh, great Yggdrasil, I stand on your mighty branches. Take me to your roots where the three Norns re watch their well. Press the button that will take you to the lowest floor of the building. If the ritual is going correctly, when the door opens, a squirrel will enter the elevator. This is Ratatosk, the squirrel who carries messages up and down the world tree. Give him the nut or berry. I feel like I'm in like an episode of Game of Thrones right now. I know, isn't it cool? I feel like I'm on like Vikings or something. After Ratatosk leaves and the door, the doors close to go back to the highest floor, then return to the lowest floor. Here is where things get complex. Okay. The next three buttons you press will determine which of the nine worlds you will end up on. Mm. There are a variety of combinations, so some experimentation will be necessary. But if you enter a valid combination, you will find yourself in one of the, on one of the nine worlds. The first possible world is Asgard. This is the home of the Norse gods, as, known as the Aesir. This is the only world that has a fixed entry point. Those who have seen this world report the doors open at the foot of a rainbow in a sea of stars. This is the legendary Bitfrost Bridge that leads to Asgard. In the distance is a great warrior in armor standing with a sword and a horn. This is Heimdall, the watchman of the gods. He will fix his gaze on you. Make no mistake, he's aware of your presence. They say he can hear the sound of grass growing on earth, so hearing your breathing in an elevator a few hundred feet away will be no problem. I want to do this. I know, right? I want to do this one. You might also catch a glimpse of the other Norse gods coming or going. That this, would be a bonus. I know, right? The second possible world is Vanaheim. This is the home of a group of gods known as the Vanir. Reports indicate the entry points of this realm open up into a meadow or farmland. The deities that reside here are associated with peace and fertility. The third possible world <clears throat> is Alfheim. This is the land of the light elves. When the doors open, you will see a vast blue sky with floating land masses. Oh, awesome. Be sure you look before you step out, for some explorers have reported there might not be solid ground below when you leave the safety of the elevator. Occasionally, you might see beings Gliding on the winds. These are the light elves. God, this is so magical. I know. I'm like, I can vividly picture this and I want to be in all of those worlds. I know. The fourth world is Jotunheim, the land of giants. This is a realm of gigantic land formations. Most reports indicate the elevator will open up to reveal a forest of towering trees. The inhabitants of this world are indeed giants estimated to be between 20 and 30 feet tall. Holy shit. Estimate, uh, uh, I'm sorry, animals spotted in this realm are similar to those found in Northern Europe, though they are two or three times larger than they are their earthly counterparts. So they're giants as they're well. They're gigantic. Giants tend to be indifferent towards humans, though some of their species are said to be wise and skilled in the ways of magic. However, I imagine convincing one to teach you will not be easy. Like Hagrid. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I picture too. The fifth. This is awesome. I know the fifth possible. <laughs> that was more awesome. That was more awesome than anything you said so far. The fifth possible. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. Jesus, you threw me off. I'm sorry. I was just worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. It was. It was so worth it. Was it was so worth it. It's like the fifth possible world we could go in. Anyway, I digress. I don't. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> Thank you, twat shots. I know. I feel like I can't, guys. It sounds like I can't read to save my life. This is what happens when I drink. When I drink, and I'm like, let's read fine print. This, this story though is this game is awesome. I want to play. 
I feel like so far there's nothing bad. I would love to see every fucking single one of these worlds. I know. I want to play this one so bad. This one's awesome. Let's I'm like Norse a... mythology and elevators. Let's do it. Let's find a place with nine floors and do it. I know. Okay. So the fifth possible world. Possible world. Possible. The fifth possible world <laughs> you might find yourself on is Muspelheim. This scorching realm is home to the fire giants. When the door opens, you'll be greeted by a wave of hot air and see a rocky landscape baked by a sun that always appears at the zenith in the sky. There have also been reports of the occasional pillar of fire bursting forth from the ground. Temperature is similar to that of the hottest deserts on Earth. I probably wouldn't get off on this floor. I know, right? Muspelheim is home to the fire giants, and they are said to be very hostile towards outsiders. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Right. Pass on the fifth floor. The other floors sound amazing. If the door opens and reveals a cool, damp land of misty forests and valleys, then you know that you have arrived on the sixth world of Svartalfheim. Of what now? <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Svartalfheim. Svartalfheim. The sky is that of perpetual twilight, and this is the land of the dark elves and dwarves. The relationship between these two races is believed to range from the indifferent to hostile. The dwarves tend to be suspicious of humans, but will not go out of their way to hurt or help them. According to Norse mythology, dwarves are skilled blacksmiths capable of making wondrous items. However, there are stories of people double-crossing these beings and paying a grave price for it. The dark elves are more enigmatic, so if you deal with one, extreme caution is advised. Mm. The seventh realm is Niflheim. This is the realm of cold and ice. As the door to the elevator opens, you will be hit with a blast of cold air. People who have reached this realm report the door... (laughs) Excuse you. Twas the chair. Twas your ass. (laughs) People who have reached this realm report that the door will open to reveal a variety of landscapes, from the frost-covered wastes to to icy mountains, to beautiful snow-covered forests. Temperatures seem to be consistent with sub-Arctic to Arctic environments on Earth. In theory, you could survive here if you were wearing warm enough clothing. Assuming the frost giants don't get to you, of course. I imagine they don't see many people, so you just might be seen as an exotic snack. This okay. is my favorite. Well, I don't want to get off on that floor either. So the first four so far are my, my jam. Right. The eighth world is Helheim. This is realm, it hell? It might be. Helheim, this realm is home to those who died unheroic deaths. It is said that Helheim is not necessarily a bad place, but it pales in comparison to the majesty of Valhalla. Wait, where's Valhalla? I've heard of that. Valhalla is like where Vikings that died in war Mm -hmm. would go. So it's like, hell is like like heaven. Like the kind Vikings, of, but it, you had heaven. to die like a Viking death. It wasn't yeah. just like, it wasn't, it was like if you died in war, you would go to Valhalla. Yeah. Not like. And then you would like have everything you ever wanted kind of thing. Mm-hmm, right. So the eighth world is Helheim. The realm is home to those who died unheroic deaths. It is said that Helheim is not necessarily a bad place, but it pales in comparison to the majesty of Valhalla. Those who committed... That was fucking Excuse me. Gorgeous. I didn't realize my cup was mostly empty. <laughs> <laughs> Those who committed serious crimes will face judgment here. One Norse poem tells that murderers and thieves will be forced to wade in a river of swords and knives while serpents spew venom on them. For those who are not deemed worthy of Valhalla, it is bleak but not an unpleasant place. Travelers are advised not to step out of the elevator. Hell, the goddess who rules this realm, is not known for letting people leave. What's his name? Hell? Hell. H-E-L. It's a goddess. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's where, that's where hell comes from. Oh, that's right. You were telling me that earlier. Mm-hmm. If the door opens and you find yourself back in the building you started in, then you will have returned to the ninth world, Midgard. Okay. However, this does not mean that you are safely home. There's a chance that you might find yourself in an alternate earth instead. People who have survived the ritual and who have been to these alternate realities report the years... People who have survived? Yeah, I don't know. This is a deadly ritual? (laughs) Yeah. 
So, reports that the year is the same as the year they performed the ritual, but some major historical events never happened or unfolded differently. Like if they got out of the elevator and got back in kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Known alternate realities include one where Hinduism is the dominant world religion, a reality where JFK was never assassinated, and that the United States established a permanent moon base. A version of, of the United Kingdom is still an absolute monarchy, a history where the Soviet Union won the Cold War and never dissolved, a Japan that never entered World War II, and a reality where humanity was made a succe- or made successful radio content contact with an extraterrestrial society. I think we have. I think we have. That's another story for another day. Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. People who made it to these alternative realities were able to return by performing the ritual a second time. Oh, I see. I see. You might wonder what happens when you leave the elevator. I can tell you one tale of a traveler who did just that. The reason he left is because he had a friend who was able to hold the door open for him. Otherwise, he might not have been so bold as to venture forth. He had found himself in Svartalheim. Soon after he left the elevator, he saw a small group of elves with dusky skin. The way they reacted, he assumed that they could not see him until he left the elevator. The traveler took out his cell phone to take a picture. One of the elves took this as a sign of hostility and threw a dart at him. Fortunately, the attack (laughs) missed and the traveler was able to make it back into the elevator. Was it like a deadly poison dart? (laughs) Because he was was luckily able to get back in the elevator. I'm picturing like a dart from like a dartboard at like a bar. Yeah, but they're like, (laughs) that's what I was originally thinking. But I mean, it has to be a little bit more lethal than that. I I would assume. Or like a blow dart. He made it back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Then the doors closed and they found the wayward projectile stuck in the elevator's wall. This is the only story I'm aware of involving a person leaving the elevator. Perhaps people fear what will happen when the door closes. Oh, interesting. You might find yourself stranded on a strange world with no means to return home. Maybe someday a brave or perhaps full-heartedly soul will be able to explore that theory. Okay, so. I want to do it. I have... I have a theory on that, mm-hmm. just from hearing that, because the first four floors sound fucking magical. I know, right? I'm like, I want to so, see the Norse gods. So the reason this person hasn't heard Odin. stories of that is because they got off on the first four floors, one of, <coughs> and all those people didn't come back. I agree. And so of course you're not going to hear their story, because they're still fucking there. There's all sorts of missing person cases and they have no idea where these people fucking went right some of them are in those places because they played this game and they're like this world is way fucking better than ours and i don't blame them right and magic is real and they stayed there and the norse gods are real because that's fucking dope yeah that is i mean i don't want to be on like the bottom floor she was talking about because some of those suck i don't know hell might be kind of cool i don't know well, not our hell, but yeah, Helheim. Still, she still seems like... Helheim. I don't know. The goddess Hell seems like she'd be like my fucking soul sister. Well, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like she's my I'm girl. good in like the beautiful world. Like the one where it's all blue sky and you see the big chunks of land floating. Nobody that's said so Helheim Lord was... of the Rings to me. Nobody ever said Helheim was ugly. I'm not saying it's ugly, but she's like testy. So. That's my girl. Yeah. No, thank you. That's my girl. No, but that sounds really fun, and that game sounds that one awesome. isn't too risky. I just don't understand why they said if you survive it. I don't either. What do you? Nobody mean by ever that? said you're good. This bitch died. If you're right, lucky exactly. enough to live, like if there's a chance I could die, maybe I'm not like too keen on the game. However. It didn't sound like that from everything else. Mm. So maybe it just means like if you don't get stuck in one of those worlds. Maybe. But yeah. I was like, the second I saw that it was called the Yggdrasil ritual, I was like, yeah. suck me in. <laughs> oh my God, I was like, suck you. Suck me. I wasn't like waiting for the word in. I don't know. Oh my God, suck me in. <laughs> I that's, think you're that's putting, how I heard it. You're putting too much thought into it. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, there's a ritual? And yeah. I was like, Norse mythology, let's do it! This is her jam. This is my sure. fucking jam. Let's talk about Vikings and ruins and 
runes. Well, that gods. The first one, the first story you talked about, the mirror one, the dark reflection, is a hell. No, I will never try it. I think mirrors are too expensive to be breaking. And what about the seven years of bad luck? Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a fan of, like, They're having, saying a couple hours of bad luck. I don't need my own bad juju chasing me around right. for a night. And my bad, I take medicine for that. I don't need that shit chasing me around and then have to buy a new mirror. Here's what I think. <laughs> so you have bad luck until dawn, and then you have good luck for however old the mirror is, right? My prescription is but my when, good luck. When your mirror good luck runs out... Then what? Then you get your seven years bad luck for breaking the fucking mirror. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think you might be onto something. So don't play it. Cheers to that. Cheers, guys. We need to cut this off because my heart's about to explode because we got so much going on right now. Dude, today's a good day. It is a good day, but I didn't take anxiety medicine because I wasn't prepared for what was going to come. But this is not bad anxiety. No, This is great. fucking awesome anxiety. But I am like an anxious person. And when things just pop on my lap that I wasn't expecting, <laughs> I don't quite... I was like, Katie, I'm going to fucking pass out. I'm just going to... I'm going to faint right now. <laughs> Instead, we took shots. We did shots about it. I think I need another one because I was good, but now I'm not great. So, so let's go be great. Okay. Well... Um, so 21 days till we're at the Octagon Mansion. With East Tennessee Ghost Seekers. Tennessee Ghost Seekers. I'm like, fucking brain fart. <laughs> like, literally, our brains are all over the place right now, because we're just like, what happened There's to There's so tonight? much going on. And two things, back to back, in a row, it was like, crazy. So this is great news, but we'll, fi- we'll fill you in I later. cannot wait until we can tell you what we're, like, yammering on about. Yeah, I know. We shouldn't even be talking about it, because it's rude, but... Anyway. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get things figured out with that and we'll let you know. But we'll be back next week for 24, 24? Next week. I think this is 23. I don't know. Who knows? But anyways, thanks for listening so much. We love you guys. If you like what you heard, please review it or subscribe or, I mean, you just have to hit the five stars if that's what you like. And you don't even That's have what to, we like, so just do that. You don't even Five have stars. to like write a review if you just just let us know if you like it. And just if you don't five stars. then just stop listening now. Or don't. That's cool. Just hit subscribe and then stop listening. That's even better. Oh yeah. We'll just take up the storage space on your iPhone. Or Android. Or Android. Or computer. Who cares? We love you, Twats. We love you. And if you could support us, that would be amazing. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Yes, you run and open the bag until you get to Paddy Shack, the bogeyman is here.